Welcome back to the Echoing Christ podcast. Today we will be speaking about God the Father. In the next three episodes we will be meditating on the Trinity and how that is a very practical doctrine and how it encourages our faith. So listen in today. Welcome back to the Echoing Christ podcast. It is your co-host Alex. I am joined here today with Kinzer and Riley and then across the table from me is Mike. Mike is... Well, actually, I'll just let Mike introduce himself. Uh, Mike, so go ahead and introduce introduce yourself to the podcast on this wonderful Sunday in 2023. Uh, My name is Mike. I go to Hanover College, and I go to church with these guys, and it is an honor to uh, be on the podcast. I don't know if I'd finish with that part. I thought you were going to start freestyling. <laughs> All right. So today, Mike is going to join us as we start a, well, a three-part podcast about the Trinity <coughs> and talking about today, God the Father, um, and who he is, and kind of helping people understand that. Because I know for some younger Christians, it can be a little bit of a challenge to understand everybody's position in the Trinity and who they are and how they all work together. So just kind of, that's where we're going to be. Now we will talk about other parts of the Trinity, um, but today mostly focusing, I think, on God the Father. So I will let whoever wants to take it from there. (laughs) Yeah, I will say that the doctrine of the Trinity is often kind of first seen as a problem to be solved rather than like the the God to be worshipped. Like God exists and has revealed himself as he truly is and he is triune and that that word like trinity just think tri unity three tri unity one so the basic doctrine is very simple mm-hmm. is that there is one god mm-hmm. and that that god exists in three persons but each of those persons father son and holy spirit are fully god it's not like God, the Father is like one-third God, the Son's one-third, and the Spirit's one-third. Um, each are fully God, and it's not like they're all parts of God. Um, that's something called modalism. It's their, their persons. Uh, so each one has different roles. Um, like God the Son died on the cross. God the Father did not die on the cross. Um, but these are like really important just to see how God works in the world. Um, but... We should worship him as he's presented himself. Um, so just that's just the first thing I want to say is that you know God's presented himself like this so we can worship him properly, not just so we can like get our puzzle pieces together. So to kind of help the podcast and the newer people, who is God the Father, and when in the Bible is the first time that we meet God the Father, Riley? In the beginning. All right. you, just, you said you were going to start reading at Genesis 1, so you take it away. Come on, now. <laughs> we see God the Father. This is going to be great. Let me tell you what. I have so many notes for this episode. Uh, we see him, right? We see him walking in the garden. We see him with Adam and Eve a lot. So he's there from the beginning. Actually, before the beginning. But he's there, and... He's roaming with him. He's walking with him like every day. He's staying close, and he still does that today. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was physically there in the garden to be with Adam and Eve, to condemn Adam and Eve once they sinned. You know, he went and said, you know, God wasn't walking, or they they heard God walking through the garden when they were hiding. <coughs> they, they, being Adam and Eve, um, 
And then he was more distant after that because, you know, they had fallen into sin. And, you know, he's present throughout the, the whole Bible. And that, and that kind of present brings, like, three points of, like, God, who God is, that I think we can probably talk about maybe now or maybe at some point in today's podcast and saying that God is um, omnipotent, omnipresent, and was it omnipotent? Omnipotent. You already said that omniscient. Omniscient. Yeah. That's all right. But um, so yeah, those are those are. So he's all knowing. He's always there. And I can't remember what the third one is now. <laughs> I remember I was really bad about taking all knowing, this. always yeah. there, and all powerful. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. so another way and something uh, to know with God, He is the Creator of the heavens and the earth. He was mm-hmm. there, yep. like from the very beginning. He is the reason that you are here. Mm-hmm. And he is the reason for all the stuff that you see around you, that that's why it's here. So mm-hmm. it's another way to think about who God the Father is. Yeah. Um, so this is actually Ephesians 4, 6. <clears throat> it says, there's one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So like <clears throat> Riley mentioned, you know, the very beginning there in Genesis, but really <clears throat> the bulk of the Old Testament is the Father doing all of these things. But if you look at the New Testament, you actually see he was doing them often through the Son in the Spirit. But like the Father is that originating, that starting place from basically all action that happens in the world. The Father is um, the one whom it um, comes from. And I mean, just the fact that we have Father and Son language. It's not like... Well, everyone has a dad. That's why father and son exist. No, it's in God. Like, that's just a crazy reality. Like, the fact that you have a, a earthly dad, that you were born of a woman, and you have a father, is not just because of biology and random mutation and natural selection. It's because that's actually family is in God's heart. Because in his creation, the attributes are his attributes are clearly seen, mm, and it's yeah. consistent with the family. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> another verse that is just clearly because people will say, obviously, you get John one, yeah. Jesus yeah. is the Son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Spirit evidenced in a few mm. different passages, but it never comes out and says God is the Father. But I just read the one in Ephesians four. This is a uh, First Corinthians eight six. It, yet, it says, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom we are all, um, through whom all things are, and through whom we exist. So, um, it's very clear that the Father is, is divine. Um, and you think about, let's just kind of ask the question, why is God three persons? Like, why why is he like that? Well, it's like we don't, we can't really change him, mm-hmm. but it's amazing because he can now be loving and be love even before making us. Because to love is to give yourself to another, yeah. right? But like some people will say the reason God made humans and angels was so he could like have someone to be with and like he was lonely. But according to the Bible, he was not lonely in eternity past. He was with the Father's with the Son and the Spirit. And if it was just the Father and the Son, if there were just two, that would be awesome. They can like love each other. But if there's three, they then have to share 
mm-hmm. that love. Yeah. Like the the fact that like our God is three persons and mm-hmm. one God um, just points to the fact that He is so much more loving and capable than like Allah, which is like the Islamic mm-hmm. God. Yeah. And you see that evidence in Islamic teaching when Allah is not a father. They he's not a father. He is master and they are slave. Um, but to us, God can now adopt us. Yeah. And we can be caught up in his triune family, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> Well, and one thing I think from reading like Tozer books, like here I go back on my Tozer kick, it carried over to <laughs> Come on, it now. carried over to twenty three. <laughs> but he like talks about like you'll you'll run into people who are like looking for their purpose in life and he talks about he's like, My purpose in life is is to worship like God. And so as I was just, like kind of studying a little bit of notes here and it talks about like who God the Father is and he's the perfect example of what a father should be. Mm-hmm. And so, like, obviously, you're going to worship your father, like your earthly father, or show him science, show him respect and love and all these things. Then that much more you should obviously do the same thing to whom created you and through all blessings flow from and all these things. I mean, you, you have to understand that role, too, um, of God the Father. I mean, the Bible says, like, it's, like, from him that all blessings flow. I mean... So everything that you have in life is because of him. And he's the perfect example of everything. And I think most important thing to him, and maybe you guys might disagree, but is he's the perfect example of love. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he's, he's light without any darkness whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So that darkness doesn't exist within God the Father whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Whereas obviously your heavenly father is a sinner, so there is darkness within him. So... It's just kind of a different example of showing how he is the perfect example of what a father should be. What's that verse in James? <clears throat> we oh. should all we should all know James very I well. I should know James because I just did another study of it. What's the what was it's it? It's like where like every gift comes from the Father of Heavenly Lights. It's in yes. it's in it's four, um, I think. It's Mike. That means Mike had written it down in his notes. I I just read it this morning. It's um. I think it's in four. It, it, every good gift and every perfect mm-hmm. gift comes down from the Father above, or Father of Lights. Yeah. Yes. And oh, what's I can't remember the end. I, I know it's in James just because I do remember reading it. But as we all sit here and search for it, <laughs> but um, just trying to think of some other things about like God's character. I mean, and one of the interesting things I would be curious, and maybe we'll get to answer this question. Obviously, God the Father created the heavens and the earth. And Zach has talked about it on the podcast before. He knew from the beginning that he was going to basically have to become man to save the world. Do you think, and I just said I'm not going to sit here and try to play God or wonder what God thought because, well, I'm not that smart, so I'm just going to throw that one out there. Do you think that he may have ever thought about having a different plan? Or do you think he knew... I mean, obviously, I'm assuming he knew from the outset, like, this is what has to happen. Well, Riley and I just read in (coughs) 2 Timothy that it was the grace was Mm -hmm. given God's people before Mm -hmm. the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. Like, before Genesis 1-1, somehow, Mm -hmm. he already gave the grace. Like, the plan was already, like, so intact that it... It almost is that it could not have been another way. Now, I mean, people have suggested 
this could just be one of God's worlds and one story, and there's other ones where he's showing his grace in another way. You but know? what did it also say in Second Timothy? Do not search out. Exactly. Clever, mm-hmm. Cleverly devised story yes. myths and genealogies that focus on. So. Yeah, so we're not to, <laughs> to be think thinking about, about that stuff. Um, but it seems like, no, there would just be the one plan. Um it also kind of discounts alien races as being something of importance because scripture doesn't yeah. point to them as of any importance. It's what he does through us, the church. Um, Were you able to find that verse in James? I, I'm still looking for it. I probably could look it up on my phone and it would Riley, be pretty you quick. You want to look that up in It James. might not even give be me, in James. Give, I thought it was give in me James. Some, give me some like, words. What was it? Mike, that you were talking father about. Father of lights. Yeah. It's father Every of lights. Every good and perfect gift comes down from... Oh, found it, as I'm saying it. James 1.17. I was way... Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father <coughs> of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Yes. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So you were saying there's no darkness in yeah. him, but like every good thing in the world, you run that sunbeam back up to the source, which is the bright, light-giving Father. Um, so that's kind of the idea of common grace, is kind of what people call it. Yeah. Like when your your little girl was out running around laughing, like the only reason that's happening is because of God's good, common grace He's shown me. Well. I think, and honestly, after my fifth, sixth time of reading James in the past year, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but just, I think it's a good book if you kind of want to understand a lot about kind of God the Father, because you can you can get some points from there. I think it's, let me see, is it James 1, 5? Yeah, James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Mm-hmm. And... It talks about, like, one thing, because I was reading Matthew this morning, Matthew, um, I think it was in Matthew 6, or it might have been in Matthew 5, but it talks about, no, it is Matthew 6, talks about, and we'll get to this later, kind of the Holy Spirit, and talks about your relationship with God, and it's like, basically talking about when you're praying, like, don't babble on as pagans do, like, God already knows, he just wants you to, like, you have an intercessor that in the Holy Spirit that mm-hmm. obviously talks to him for you and says some of the things that you are unable to say, I guess is the mm-hmm. easiest way to word it. But that's one of those big things that I we could maybe spend some time talking about is just praying to God as well. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just showing like that you want to have a relationship with him. I mean, I don't necessarily know, like Mike, I, I, say, I know these two because I'm a lot closer with them, but like I don't know like, your relationship with your earthly father, but, like, he wants you to talk to him, I'm assuming, too, right? Yes. And so it's the same thing for you, like, with, like, God wants you to pray to him, and that's one of those big things I think that we all could honestly probably be a little bit better about, is praying. I mean, you see Jesus talks about prayer without ceasing, like, he spent his entire day with his disciples and then go pray to his his heavenly father, or his actual, his his father, Mm -hmm. um at night and then come back in the morning. So yeah. that's one of those things. I, if if he's the example that we're supposed to be Christ-like, then as much time as he spent in prayer, 
to his father, I think we need to do the same. Matthew 7, 9, where he's saying, um, where he's talking about how um, the fathers on earth give good gifts to their children. Mm -hmm. Like how he says, how much more will your father in heaven? But it's to to his children who asks Mm. is at the end. And so like we, he wants us to come to him. Mm. And I think it's just beautiful how like, deep and rich the mm-hmm. father and son like relationship is like because with like each one of the trinity there's this like relationship aspect where there's like co-heirs like brothers the yeah. father the spirit helping mm-hmm. but like with the father it's just such a like because we're as a little kid you always want to like imitate your dad mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. no matter like if he's there like no matter if he's good or bad there's always this like, yeah. heart of imitation yeah. and um in Ephesians, it says, uh, "Be imitators of God mm. as beloved children." Mm. Ephesians five one, like just this heart of just like a helpless, dependent mm. um, relationship, and it's just beautifully summed up in the that father son. Yeah, you're yeah. This is uh, Romans eight <clears throat> fifteen says, "You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons." By whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And you just mentioned heirs. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him, in order that we may also be glorified with Him. So, like, if you have the Spirit in you, He is going to ring that out in your heart to just cry out, Abba, Father. And that's like the intimate Father. It's not just like, father you know it's like my like you're my father like you're my dad like you are my true spiritual heritage and my true comfort like i need you and everything um but like that's one example if i've said this before if you don't know the lord or you've just kind of been going through the motions your whole life you are not actually saved if you don't cry out to god as your father you say i don't really like feel like God in that intimate way, I just kind of like hear some teaching and want to be a moral person. Um, if you're not crying out to God as your father, that might be a sign you don't have the spirit and you're not actually saved. Because verse 16 is assurance of salvation. Yeah. He'll bear witness that you are a children, child of God. So like every time you pray to God as your father, as a saved Christian, that's like assuring your salvation. Like I really yeah. am in the family. It's beautiful. Yeah. <clears throat> well, there's a lot of dead air going on right now. Is <laughs> security. John ten twenty nine. Um, my father, Jesus is talking, my father has given them to me, is greater than all. Mm. So God is great, and no one can snatch them out of my father's hands. Mm. So yeah. we have security That's in true. the father mm. of our salvation. Yeah. So it ties right along with yeah, the security exactly yeah. Sticking, sticking with John. Verse I feel like that gets sometimes maybe overlooked because it follows the most quoted verse in the Bible. But John 3, 17, mm-hmm. it, talks, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world may be saved through him. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that just obviously most people know John three sixteen. but if you don't, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Mm-hmm. And so just to think about, like, 
because I asked my dad this question once. I was like, what's your favorite Bible verse? And he said, John 3.16. And I said, tell me why. And he said, it didn't resonate with me until I had a kid. And he said, because I could not imagine giving up my own child to save humanity. He's like, and once you realize that, he's like, the different the difference that it puts, like, into perspective what God actually, God the Father did with his son Jesus Christ, like, sending him to the cross just so that you can live. Like, I feel like that should make you love God the Father that much more. But I think you also go from John 3.16 into John 10.10, 10, which says, The thief comes only to steal and still kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Mm. I mean, so God coming, and I, maybe that's a conversation more for next week, but yeah. I mean, kind of going off of John three seventeen, sending God sending his son to earth for you so mm. that you don't have to die for your mm. sins, but yeah. like still the same thing we're talking about, the amount of love that he has for you so that you can live your life and live it abundantly. I know we think mm. that God, some people would tell you that God's so harsh and he doesn't want you to enjoy like going out and partying and doing these things that your friends do and the way the pagans live. And it's like, I'm, I can say this certainly as a person that's experienced most of those things in your life, it's, you're not any better for it. And so that would be more on the side of to steal, kill and destroy. And it, cause it destroys and kills your relationship with God. But if you stick with what God tells you to do and stick with his, his commands, you'll have life and you'll have it abundantly there's my deep moment for this podcast (laughs) I think it's all we see Mm -hmm. the father Mm -hmm. working through the son in the old testament Mm -hmm. like he created the world through the son yeah and he saved the world through the son Mm -hmm. and now we're his sons Mm -hmm. so he now works through us in the to like evangelize the world mm-hmm. and it's just a beautiful picture yeah. and I don't know Mike, it's Mike, cool to think about Mike sneaks the evangelism in on the podcast <laughs> hey but, we're echoing Christ mm, here baby have to <laughs> but yeah no that's that's huge like now that we are united uh-huh. with Christ like we get like we're Christians that means we're little Christ we're living like in little microcosms like his life and yeah. like the fact that like it's in First John I think when he says like that now we are children, like, we, we are, like, saved, and then he says, but, like, and now we are children of God, I can't remember how he says it, um, and even children of God or something, he's like that, and it's, like, a crazy thing he's saying, like, it's, it is just crazy that we sinful, in, once enemies of God, now, like, in the family, like, imagine some guy who's, like, a murderer, who'd, like, hurt your family, and then you, like, let him stay in your house and, like, you change his last name and he's, like, part of your family. Because no. like, we were, one, Ephesians 2, 3, we were once children of wrath. We yeah, had a previous father before yeah. we were adopted into, yep. like, because our father was the devil until yes. we were grafted into the family. Yeah. That's scary to think about. If your yeah. father's the devil. Oh, man. Because, and it's, I think, like, it's your will to please the father. And so, like, yeah. our will should have the obvious shift yeah. when our Father mm-hmm. changes. Yeah. Yeah, it's not any longer the master slave. It's your yes. sons and daughters, and yes. you're not worshiping God, or you're not following the Scriptures, or going to church because that's what you're supposed to do. It's because 
you want to please yes. him. You want to. Mm. It's not like you're living out of fear, yeah. right? Perfect love drives out fear. Yeah. So now you're living just mm. in that amazing relationship, mm. give and take. Like yeah. press deeper into mm. God's heart. Yeah. Like you're you're gonna keep mm. be able to go. Mm. Like you're just you're never gonna get into the yeah. deepest of His intimacies mm. for you. Like just try. Like, try to go deeper. You're just going to keep, you're just going to see how much he loves you more and more and more. It doesn't matter how far you've ran away. It doesn't matter how many times you've sinned against him. Um, his love is deeper than you can I mean, imagine. Isn't that what Romans, the beginning of Romans 6 says, right? Like, basically talks about, like, you can't sin more than God can continue to give you grace. Mm-hmm. Now, Paul will tell you, just because God can give you more yep. grace, don't, don't continue sinning. Sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe there is a good point. Mike, did you have something to say real quick? I was just going to say, oh, to know the heights and the depths yeah. and yes. the lengths. Yes. Unsearchable. Yeah. But And I I don't want to be the guy that break, brings the damper on the podcast here, but we talk about God's love and, every, and God the Father's love for us. But I think one thing we also do need to make sure that we understand is God is not... Like, he, he has to punish sin. That's why you have to repent. That's why you have to follow Christ and give up your sinful ways. Otherwise, you can't get into heaven because God cannot allow sin to persist in your life if you want to have a relationship with him. So I think you see that a lot more maybe of him in the Old Testament, of him just punishing sin in people. Um, and say one of the interesting things I think here is because and i remember reading it in james like one of the times i've read it um but he says let no one say that he was tempted let no one say when he is tempted i am tempted by god for god cannot be tempted with evil he himself tempts no one so i think that's an important thing to think about too is like you'll go through trials and tribulations we see that with job like there are hard times in your life and it's i think it goes back to like seeing God wanting to see what kind of relationship you want to have with him. But he's not going to tempt you to sin. He would never like be like, that's the devil. That's your lust. And that's literally what it says in the next verse is because each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own sin. Um, then desire, uh, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. And that's one of those things I think sometimes we, like I think you'll hear the outside world say, that I was tempted, that God tempted me on this one. He wanted to, God will challenge you, but he will not tempt you. He's not going to, he's, if, if he knows you struggle with like a, a porn problem or like, or like a drinking problem, he's not going to like hand you a bottle of alcohol and be like, all right, now don't drink it. Like that's not, that's not who God is. That's you and your lustful desires or your sinful nature. And every song <coughs> is discipline. Like we're promised this mm-hmm. this discipline, mm-hmm. and discipline is never fun or easy. Yeah. Or it's literally in uh, it's Hebrews twelve seven. It's enduring hardship mm-hmm. as discipline. So it's actual hardship that we're promised, and I think we we don't see it in like a loving way. But it's like as a father, it's like don't touch the stove, yeah. and like. We can't, like, comprehend it, but we have this picture of it from the day to day. And, like, it's just hard to see when you're going through your life and experience this hardship to be like, yeah. God, you're disciplined me. Mm-hmm. What do I need to change? And, like, I was just talking to this with my friend that, like, 
once you get out of a season of discipline, there's this joy yeah. and this rest that, like, God, you showed me this, that I'm hurting you. Mm-hmm. And now I know that my heart is right in this area. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know. It's a, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's like that new affection is kind of like expul- getting out yes. the old sin. Mm. It's like, it's not just the discipline. It's like the discipline into the joy of a greater intimacy with the Lord. Yeah, because like in Proverbs, it says that he who hates his child spares the rod. Yes. Like if, and like that, I think that passage in Hebrews, so it's like if you are not being disciplined, like you're yeah. not a child. Like yes. God's not your father. Um, so not that you look forward to discipline, but you are like thankful. Like, man, God yeah. cares yeah. about where the path that I am leading because he cares about my joy. He, he cares about my life like in Romans 8 15 I'm going to teach on a little bit tonight it says if we by the spirit put to death the deeds of the flesh we will live yeah so if you're not putting to death the flesh then you're going to be dying Mm -hmm. so God knows like I want life yeah abundantly yeah for my kids Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's huge that he disciplines us Mm -hmm. It, like, have you ever met a child without discipline? <laughs> that, you're like, what is wrong with you? Like, yeah. don't you know not to do these I mean, things? Like, don't you know to do this? And we see, it's like, I was, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, you, you, you can't even, like, level with him. No. Because it's like, yeah. you're so far behind. Your, yeah. your thoughts are, yeah. yeah. It's like going to a public school, dude. And we all see those kids that, in the store that are getting disciplined, <coughs> oh. and they just resist discipline and just keep yep. doing the same thing and the yep. same thing. It's like, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that's us it when we, yeah. we're saying, it's like we think God, it's like that God is tempting me mindset. It's the yeah. same line of thinking. It's like, you're not, this is not yep. for my good. Yep. Yep. And if we, like, we see it with the, the kid, the yeah. kids screaming bloody murder in the store. That's us yeah. when we resist yeah. and we try to fight against the God's loving grasp. Nah, I think I just laugh about what you said because that was such that was so me when I was a little child. I was <laughs> awful. I got older, I got better, but oh, if you if my mom would come on here and tell some stories, <laughs> I was an awful child. Listen, but if you weren't an awful child. Uh-huh. You're going to be an awful adult. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. I'll give you that. It's going to be awful at some point in your life. Get it out while you're young. But no, talking about, like, I can't find the verse um, in, I believe it's in Malachi, where God basically, it's the only place in the Bible, and Troy talks about it, is where God says, test me. And I can't remember what it is, but, like, you, and I think it's, is it, is it Aaron's son's? I don't remember who, whose sons it is that gets burned up by fire. The when, they, when they, he, like, that also happens. I think he's talking. About oh, okay. When yeah, he yeah, literally yeah. is talking about sacrifices, and he yeah. says like, yeah. "Don't do this," mm. and his two sons run in there and then gone. Yeah, and that's like that's like that's a way to think. Like, I'm gonna tell you this right now. Just anybody out here listening, I don't think these three need me to tell them that. Don't test. God, because it will not end well if you, I can't remember what book it's in in the Bible, but it talks about God telling, I think it's David to count the people. And then he like, or, and then like there's a book or so later, I think it might be in Samuel and it says Satan 
tells told, them, told him to do it, yeah. and then mm-hmm. a bunch of them die. Yeah, I like I remember Troy telling me that story too, mm-hmm. and it's like, or he just he counts the people, and I think he wasn't told to count the people, yeah. or God didn't tell him to, mm-hmm. and it ends up like he ends up killing a bunch of people, not, and they're not like Christians that he's killing, like, mm-hmm. but it's it's one of those things like if God doesn't tell you to do something, he says explicitly, don't do this, mm-hmm. don't do it. Yeah, I can't. I can't stress that anymore. Yeah, no. There was <clears throat> him counting the people. Uh, it's kind of like, look how many people I have. Like, yeah, I'm like a really good, big, mm-hmm. influential mm-hmm. king, and it's almost um, to his praise and not God's praise. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that Satan is actually the one that incited him to mm-hmm. do it, but God allowed Satan. Yeah. So that's why I would say mm-hmm. both of them. Mm-hmm. Similar thing with Job. Yeah. Um, what was the first thing you said? You said we were talking about Aaron. Yeah, Aaron's oh. sons. And he was talking about because I think it was with sacrifice, uh-huh. and because they're supposed to be like, I think there's only I can't remember if it was only certain people were supposed to do it, and that's when he's talking, or like how you're supposed to be clean before you go to do sacrifices. Oh yeah, I can't the, remember the censors. I don't Maybe. think they had the right censors. Maybe that's oh, what it yeah, was. I think you're right. I just know I, I I just briefly remember reading through it and there was something they did wrong mm. and it was on I the spot you. they were I got you. done. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I feel like I'm talking too much. <laughs> but uh, what else was I gonna say? One of our one of our favorite books to teach out of. Sometimes I know we just kind of went through it in um, youth group. Mike, you talked about it in our young men's retreat. But the book of Daniel, like. Yeah. I mean, you see Nebuchadnezzar in that, like, basically saying, like, no, I'm God, you're going to praise me. Mm-hmm. And he throws Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire because they're like, no, we're not. And then God's like, yeah, you're not going to hurt my people. Yeah. And so that's another thing, I think, maybe when you think about God the Father is, like, he, protects he will protect yeah. you. Yeah. It doesn't you mean you're not going to die for your yeah. faith, yeah. but, yeah. like, the way, I think it's G.K. Chesterton, like, mm-hmm. said... I'm immortal until mm. God calls me home. Yeah. Mm. Like, I'm just going to, like, God's going to protect mm-hmm. my feet. He's going to, pro- um, he's definitely going to mm-hmm. protect you from sin mm-hmm. if you're following him and you're in step with the yeah. spirit. Like, um, and that's, that's something that Kelsey, like her family, and I hate to say it this way. I think sometimes they don't get it because mm-hmm. she's like, Hey, look, like if I truly believe in God, the way I say I do, like, I know he'll protect me. Like, I'm not worried about mm-hmm being in the inner city or being in somewhere like yeah. it doesn't scare me to go to these places i know like there were some parents that were nervous when we went to milwaukee mm-hmm. and she's like if you truly believe in god the way you say you do mm-hmm. you have nothing to worry about and people will say well that's a reckless way to live and it's like or is it just me and my faith in god is yeah. more than my fear yeah for sure perfect love <laughs> yeah god is greater than ups and downs <laughs> <Come> on, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i should have worn my other hats but I'm just out here trusting God. It's crazy how we've been talking about the father for 35 minutes and mm. haven't brought up the prodigal son. Mm, I would, yeah. When you were talking yeah. about that earlier, I was going to say the prodigal son, but yeah. I just like, jumped to... You made a comment about like the, the negative side. I was like, all right, cool. Mm. i got to talk about like discipline now. Yeah. But well, Mike, you got to bring it up then. Classic. <laughs> it's just... It, I don't know. I feel like it's just the one story that just... Mm. It's the beautiful picture of the father with the younger son mm. asking and like we see with the father again you ask and he he gives yeah. and he lets you have your desires until mm. your desire is completely him yeah 
And like so like he lets the son go and the son squanders all of his inheritance. And it's basically the son just turning his back completely, saying he doesn't want anything to do with the father. And the son is just at the bottom. And we see this picture of the son in this pig slop, just wanting to eat what the pigs are eating at the lowest point of his life. And he's like, even my father's servants have food to eat. And he walks home and he's planning on what to say. And he's like, it's the... My favorite line in this is, is still a long way off. Because mm. yeah. still a long way off, the father sees him mm. and runs after him. Mm. And the father patiently waiting for him to come home. And the father throws the big party. Mm. And like just the perfect story of God's just love and forgiveness mm. and compassion. Yeah. And I don't know. The restoration of the the rest work of restoration in the father, and the celebration like God celebrates his his children. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, celebrates his grace. Like good night. (laughs) The most expensive food gets all the servants together. Like huge party. Like that's like that's the celebration in heaven, and like that will be eternity. Like Mm -hmm. just an ongoing party of insane celebration of the Lord just and enjoy you can't like you can't even fathom it like that's how like Paul says like you can't even fathom it like what what God has prepared for those in Christ Jesus like mm. you don't even you can't even scratch the surface but it's all like you said rooted in his pursuit of us and we're just like what how thank you <laughs> like yeah it's yeah it's mind-boggling I was searching, but I couldn't find it. Just because it ties. Seeking, you will find. <laughs> I was, I was seeking, but I was not finding. Um, yeah, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure. I know it's in the. Um, you'll know it when I start talking about it, and I might have just lost it. Actually, laughing there, but um, oh yeah, there it is. Um, but I think it's in one of the four gospels when it talks about heaven will rejoice over the one sinner mm-hmm. more so that comes to Christ than is it than. Same passage. Is it actually? Yeah. Right before. Ah, right before. I, so yeah. I yeah, just like thinking about like that too. I mean, it's just it's so important. I mean, because it's easy to be the older brother and be mad when, and if, I think if you're mad in that situation when someone comes to Christ because it might take attention away from you. So I, yeah, I think you are in your head is in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost with that, but you should be celebrating with your brothers and sisters like when they decide to finally make that decision to come to Christ. It's such an important moment. And I think I think sometimes we might not be the cheering section that we should be for our brothers and sisters when they come. Like we might like say congratulations once and then it's just on about you. Instead of being there like dapping them up, like just hyping them up because it's such a big moment when you decide to to change your life for the better. Mm-hmm. Gotta outdo each other in brotherly affection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so honor. Yeah, it's like the thief on the cross mm-hmm. is just as much in heaven as like mm-hmm. John the apostle yeah. who died in old age, serving Christ his whole life. Like, there's no difference, but the rejoicing over it. Like those, the one you just quoted. Mm-hmm. You had the the lost coin, the lost sheep, mm-hmm. and then the lost son, mm-hmm. and all all of them are like. 
There's rejoicing when they find it. There's rejoicing when they find it. They rejoice. And then you get to the very end, and the older brother's like, I'm not going to the party. What? And he's left outside the party, which some commentators say means he's not actually saved. So if you're not like rejoicing and being caught up in the echoing of Christ and the finding of souls, that might be a sign your heart isn't in line with the Lord, and you might not be saved. Um, I've been studying John Owen. was like one of the most holy men ever to live, and he was writing theology books. He was past. He was a pastor in like two rich households. He was like a chaplain. He had been doing it for four years, and he wasn't saved. Wow. Yeah. So no one is is safe to say if you're living in sin, you don't really care, but you go to church. The only way you're safe is if you have. Christ and you have the Spirit evidencing these things in your life. So, I mean, the Bible says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't say just, oh, you want to think you're maybe saved. No, it's like work it out. Like, get that assurance. Get get there close to the Lord. And He'll give it to you. But, yeah. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Mike, you want to pray for us? Yeah. All right. God in heaven, Lord. Thank you that we can call you Father and that um, we can be your children and uh, God use us. Uh, thank you for this podcast. That's a tool um, for your kingdom. Um, let this podcast go and encourage and strengthen and build up um, others in the Lord, God. And uh, God bless us as we go out of here. Um, let, our, um, let our work for you not stop here, but go out to our lives and help us to see your love more clearly and see us as a father god we love you in jesus name amen. amen amen and we'll see you next week for god the son or, yeah. Yeah. peace <laughs>